This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're introducing a series called Why I Coach, where we'll sit down with Bates head coaches each week to chat with them about how they first got into coaching, what they enjoy most about it, and much more. Today, we chat with cross-country and track and field head coaches Al Farishidian and Jay Hardshorn. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Al Farishidian has been the men's cross-country and track and field coach at Bates since 1995, during which time his program has become recognized as among the finest in Division III nationwide. He went to college planning to enter the world of business, but things changed. Well, Coach Fresh, first of all, just give us an idea of when the um, thought of being a coach kind of maybe first popped in your mind, whether it be in college or shortly after, and, and what was the first step for you to make that a career? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I love to, I love to tell that story. Um, it's it's kind of a fun process. I, I came out of high school. I had a tremendous, tremendous experience athletically as a freshman in high school with a with with our cross country program, and and uh, you know had a great coach and a great program, and and it was just inspiring to be part of. And uh, you know had some decent success, and that motivated me to keep going and continuing. Unfortunately, we lost that coach after that first year, so I, I ended up having having you know starting my 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 experience with it, with just an absolutely exceptional situation. And then, and then ultimately having to kind of do a lot of the stuff on my own and kind of, you know, trying to maintain and try to do some of the things that were going on in the past, but I didn't have enough knowledge and experience to, to know how it all worked out. But, but there was definitely a, a difference between, you know, what I experienced as that first year and then what I experienced the rest of the way through, you know, we were part of a dynasty and all of that type of stuff, which was just amazing to be part of. And, you know, and as, as things developed, uh, you know, before I, I headed off to college, I actually had some medical conditions that were uh, precluding me from being able to run. So I ended up, you know, taking a year off and taking essentially taking a gap year to kind of get those things, you know, under control so that because I didn't want to waste a year of eligibility. I didn't want to lose a season. And, and so, you know, uh, so I, I did some work and then, and then ultimately not sure where I wanted to go, you know, academically and what I wanted to pursue in college. I had a lot of interests. I was pretty successful in high school academically. So I had a lot of range, you know, a lot of various different areas that I could go. And I can remember eventually, uh, you know, after a lot of kind of searching around, and I didn't have a ton of guidance. So I did a lot of this on my own, but I kind of settled in on, on, pursuing business because I figured business was always a good thing that you could fall back on, you know, and, and, uh, and, and my parents owned and owned my own, their own business. And I knew that kind of in the back of their minds, maybe there was the hope that potentially that could be something that could move on to me at some point in time, you know, in, in life. Um, so I started going through, I went to Bentley college for two years and, and uh, for, you know, and get started there and, and, you know, went in, uh, did a, you know, really had a great experience there. Um, you know, I, I worked really hard academically um, and, and I got involved with the running program. Absolutely loved the school, loved everything about the school. But what I realized was as I was out there, for instance, I'd be out going out for a training run. And I, if I, if I had an accounting exam the next day, I'd go out with the idea that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this run and I'm just going to think through and study through all this stuff and, and, and go, you know, and try to get prepared for that exam. And I'd go out and I'd start getting that run in and I'd be, you know, for five or 10 minutes intently focused on debits and credits. Uh, and then all of a sudden my mind would start, would start, you know, would start, uh, 
straying away. And it would be, I'd get to that point where I'd start thinking, okay, well, when I get this degree, I'm going to, you know, hopefully have a good job, make a lot of money. Maybe I can get to the point where I can, 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 uh, you know, get to the point where I can maybe be, uh, you know, control of my hours a little bit more. And maybe I could volunteer at a high school and, 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 you know, help kids and stuff like that. And it wouldn't take me long, but then I'd be, I'd recognize that I spent the last you know, the next, the next hour of that run, uh, talking about, thinking about every situation that would have come up, you know, from a coaching scenario, how I'd handle this in a workout, how I'd handle that, what I would do if my star runner was, you know, came down with an injury right before the state meet, you know, I just, I put myself through these scenarios time and time and time again. And it was, and it was just a natural transition of what was going on. And, and, and uh, I can remember I had a friend at, at the time, I had a friend at Springfield College, and occasionally we would get together and, and I, I would hear, um, you know, all, all those, those, those uh, friends talking about uh, what they were studying in school. And they were just like, oh, I can't believe I got an exercise physiology exam on, on Thursday. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You're, you're talking about studying exercise. I mean, what could be better than that, you know? So it was really through that process, I kind of realized that, uh, you know, ultimately, um, you know, I, I, at that point in time, I realized I wanted to go into coaching. And I was, I was uh, uh, finished up my first year, at, first year at, at Bentley, got through the next half a year, had a very good cross-country season, but that's when it really dawned on me that, that uh, you know, I really wanted to, I couldn't see myself being in the business world for the rest of my life. And, and uh, despite the fact that the education was great, I couldn't really see myself in that, in that realm. And, and that's when I took the, hard, took the hard step and I said, well, listen, what do I really wanna do? And I guess what I really wanted to do is coach. And, and so I was at around 21 years of age because I took a gap year and, and, and I can remember, you know, kind of lying out, lining out uh, a sequence of goals. And, and at, one, at one point, one of those goals was I wanted to be a head coach at a division one program by the age of 30, I had no idea what that meant, but it was one of my goals. And, and ultimately, you know, it was, I, I, you know, I've always believed that you got to have goals, but not only goals, you have to build the process to get there. So, so from there, I started thinking, okay, well, what's the next step I need to do? What's the next step? And what's the next step? And, and ultimately that led me towards, uh, you know, towards um, uh, transferring to the University of New Hampshire, where I could get a, a degree in physical education that was designed a little bit more towards towards exercise physiology and, and, and supplement it with some coaching experience. Uh, and I knew at that point, I was probably giving up a, a lifetime of security. I kind of knew that I was giving up, uh, you know, the uh, probably a lot of financial opportunities that would probably part, you know, go on. I even kind of recognized at that point in time, I might never even own a house because like coaching wasn't a, an extremely lucrative, you know, profession. And, and, the, and the ones that were great positions like a position at Bates or, or other programs like that were very much in high demand and, and, and highly competitive. So, so I kind of went into it realizing that, okay, I want to pursue this goal. I'm going to see what happens. So. And who were some of your mentors in the early days that you really learned a lot from that you even apply today now in your coaching style? Yeah. Uh, that first coach I had was Harvey Smith at, at uh, Bishop Brady High School in Concord, New Hampshire. And he was just absolutely phenomenal. He was a guy, he taught me a lot about coaching because because I only had him for a short period of time, but, but he's a guy that uh, he was a tennis and basketball coach. And then he picked up cross country to help keep his basketball players in shape. And he, he developed a program that became a perennial powerhouse uh, in not only in New Hampshire, but in, in New England. 
throughout New England. And, and it showed me that, you know, you could be successful, even if your background was such that it wouldn't necessarily indicate that you were, you know, you had that, that experience. You didn't have to be a great runner to be a great running coach, or, you know, in my situation, maybe a great thrower to be a, be a throwing coach. Uh, so I learned a lot from him. He had his, his counterpart, who was right next door at Concord High School, is a guy named Bill Ludy, who's one of the grandfathers of coaching in, in, in New Hampshire. And, and he also had an, a, an incredibly successful program, a, a dynasty going as well, uh, between our two programs that were very, very uh, highly competitive. And I watched and I got a chance to work with him occasionally. And really, he inspired me. He didn't have to come over to help our high school, but he would come over to help our high school because he wanted to see he wanted to see the sports, you know, uh, succeed, and he wanted to help as many people as he could individually. You know, so those are a couple of early on. Um, you know, in, in college level, I had a chance to uh, be a uh, collaborator or, or a colleague with uh, a guy named Jim Belanger, who's still currently the the uh, men's head coach at at uh, at UNH, and and he was. Uh, when I was at UNH, he was the assistant uh, men's track coach. And then for a while, I was the assistant women's track coach. Uh, and, and at the same time, we both had high school programs that we were in charge of. He was in charge of Oyster River High School in, in, in Durham, and I was in charge of Summersworth High School, uh, not too far away. So we were, we were meeting on the field of competition in high school, but we were meeting, you know, uh, collaborating uh, at, at, uni at the university. And, and that was uh, probably, you know, Jim, has had a huge impact on me. I've learned so much from him over the years. You know, you've been at Bates since the, in 1995. Over the years at Bates, have you, how have you seen maybe student athletes, have they changed much at all or, or similar to when you started? And I guess what adjustments have you made as a coach, you know, based on, you know, as the years go by, kind of based on how things change? Yeah, I think that's still kind of a work in process. I think the change is, is ongoing and it's continuous. Um, you know, I, I have seen a change in the athletes and, and uh, I have seen a change in the focus and the determination. And, and I, I think a lot of it is, is based on how, you know, uh, a lot of these athletes are, are brought come up through the system, essentially. And, you know, uh, what what's being what's being, um, you know, kind of their focal point, uh, you know, in in at earlier levels, whether it's high school or even just the whole process of coming up through elementary school and, and all the sports programs that are out there for kids now. And, you know, uh, you know, you, you hear about the participation trophy culture. I mean, there's a little bit of that that we have to deal with. Um, fortunately, by the time they get here, they've probably pretty well distinguished themselves as, 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 you know, as, as focused, highly motivated individuals. Um, and, 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 you know, another change that I think I've seen is that because of that population that I see, that I see a lot of, uh, sometimes you have that, um, uh, that sense of maybe potentially overdoing it. And I, so I find that a lot of times maybe our job is to kind of put the reins back on some people and try to, try to allow them to be a little bit more consistent over time. What's your favorite part of coaching? What really puts a smile on your face every day? Uh, boy, I love the process. I, I absolutely love the process. I love the preparation. Uh, obviously, we do it to compete, and I love to, you know, it's, it's, it's always fun when you win, uh, but I've always believed that, that winning as a result of, is, is, is a by-factor of the, of the process, and the process has to be good. Uh, so, you know, the training, the practices, I mean, you know, in, in, in with particularly with cross country, we're in the fall right now, we're talking cross country, but, but, you know, I mean, when we get and this, obviously COVID year has been a, an extremely different year for us, but boy, I'll I tell you, when we 
have one of those four or five days when we're going down to Pineland and we know that we're going to put it on the line out there today. I mean, there's there's nothing better than that. I spend probably two days of preparation getting ready for that. Uh, it's the best the best four or five days of the year whenever they they occur and we get down there and the energy that the guys bring into it. The way that they like to challenge themselves um, is motivating to me. What would you describe your style as, as a coach in, in the world of running? I'm sure there's different approaches people can take. Yeah, I, I would say cooperative. I try to, try to, uh, I, we always have a plan. No question. We have a plan we're moving forward, but, but that plan needs to be flexible. And um, I was just talking to a student athlete about keeping doors open. We need to keep as many doors open as you possibly can, because you never know which course, you know, which course of action is going to be the right one. And, and ultimately, you know, we deal with a sport, um, you know, in cross country, even track and field the same way. We deal with a sport that has a, has a, an incredibly strong team component, but it's also an individual sport. And, and because of that, I think each, you know, it's, it's hard when you get a group of 20 kids, you can't, it's, it's hard to individualize completely every single thing that you do, but you have to be flexible and open enough to be able to make those changes when they're necessary and, and to make the adjustments that, that, uh, you know, the times are calling for at that point. Great. What are your thoughts you wanted to share about, about being a coach and why you do it? Well, I think, you know, um, I, I just think back on the experience I had, uh, you know, as an athlete and, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I mentioned Bill Ludy a while ago, but Bill Ludy had a tremendous, tremendous program at Concord High School. But, he, but what was great about it was he had it for a long period of time. He was there for 30, 40 years, and he built up, you know, a, a tremendous, tremendous, you know, reputation of, of, you know, just being an upfront, honest, you know, strong you know, person of high integrity, all of those types of things. And those characteristics naturally channeled right down into, you know, his teams and into his athletes. And, and I hope that, you know, in the end that, that uh, um, a lot of athletes will, will look back and the time that they spend here at Bates or time that they've worked with me and, and say that, uh, you know, that maybe I've helped them, you know, certainly help them athletically, but hopefully help them to kind of work through the process of trying to figure out what's really important and how to put your emphasis and how to, how to apply, you know, strategically to, to, you know, allow yourself to be successful. Jay Hartshorn completed her 15th year as head coach of women's cross country and track and field during the 2019-20 academic year, earning NESCAC women's cross country coach of the year honors for the second time and coaching the women's cross country team to 14th place at nationals for the best NCAA finish in team history. I grew up with really athletic parents where sports was kind of just a big thing in our house. So my mom um, and my dad are both PE teachers. And my mom was um, in the first like women's only PE program at University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. So she's just a really good athlete who just kind of grew up playing. And then my dad, like many, many PE teachers, um, coached a bunch of sports growing up. So we always went like Grew up going to soccer games and grew up going to um, basketball games. He was my like seventh and eighth grade basketball coach because he was my seventh and eighth grade gym teacher. Um, when I was in elementary school, he was in probably more junior high, was taking me to see the first like U.S. women's soccer national team games back when they were playing down in Yale and just sort of, I don't know, I was close to my dad. So it was like nothing to think of like, oh, what games are we going to go watch this weekend? <laughs> so I think when you kind of 
grow up as like that is part of your life it it's always an option probably more than other people um so i guess i guess pretty pretty early what were some key things you had to learn um when you first got into coaching transitioning from you know being a student athlete to coaching student athletes well i actually started with um a track team that was seven through 12. So I, I think that that was really good, especially having younger kids and it wasn't that competitive. Um, I played soccer in high school. So I worked at a ton of soccer camps um, for like little, little kids, um, even through college. And I always worked at day camps and stuff in the summer. So I kind of always, and I was a big babysitter, <laughs> like a lot of, um, people are. So like all of my jobs sort of were around children and um, which summer camp is, is kind of like coaching all day long, you know, and just sort of motivating kids and organizing and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think starting with high school, you know, right off the bat when you're 22 is really a, a good choice because some of the kids I was coaching were only 12, 13 year olds. So there was a big gap between us, unlike if you started um, with college right away. So I think that that was pretty helpful. Did you have any mentors when you first got into coaching who really kind of showed you the ropes or who you modeled your style after, I suppose? Yeah. I mean, certainly my dad and my call, my, um, coach at Colby, you know, was really influential to me. Just, she, um, was really, really knowledgeable, but like super kind. Um, I had good relationships, with my high school coaches, just because lots of athletes like naturally do. So I think that they were pretty big influences on me. Um, I think I was lucky when I first started coaching because I was coaching at high school that I was able to kind of do a lot. Um, so there's just more like trial and error without feeling like you're really messing anything up, um, which that part I really enjoyed. And then you got your master's at uh, Smith College, right? Yep. yep. And so you continue to get um, more experience there coaching. What was that experience like? Yeah. So I actually went, first I went back to Colby and coached for a couple of years. Um, and then I did that program when I was like slightly older than some other people do it, which I think is was good. I was probably late twenties when, when I did it. Um, and I think doing it later, I just had a lot more like confidence going in the door. And so that was really helpful. Um, and I knew a lot about Smith anyways, when I was at Colby I actually did a visiting semester at Smith. So I had trained there and run there. And um, I knew Carla Coffey, who's now retired, but who was the coach at Smith until maybe two or three years ago. Like I knew her since I was in high school. So I really enjoyed that to kind of like go back and be working for somebody that I knew and had a good relationship with. And she was really, she was a good mentor for her um, graduate students there. It's a really, um, it's just a pretty encompassing program that a lot of coaches do. And it was fun. It was great. Sure. And then just like um, Al, you have experience at the division one level, you were an assistant at, at Syracuse. What was that transition like, you know, coaching division one student athletes that, uh, like you did there at Syracuse? Yeah, I liked it. I think it was super important for me. Um, 
you know, coaching jobs are funny how you get them and like what doors are open and what you interviewed for. And so a lot of it is like when you hit the market for your first job, like what's available um, is huge. And then once you kind of have your first or your second job, then you can be a lot more picky about um, where you're looking and, and what's going on. So it was a really unique opportunity because at that time, Syracuse was really sprinter, jumper, thrower, heavy um, in terms of what they recruited. And now they've totally shifted back to like a distance running school is what they're known for. Um, so it was a division one program because we had scholarship money, but there wasn't a ton of scholarship money in my event areas. So we had a lot more kids that would like kind of earn scholarship money as they improved and stuff. Um, and so we, we did have some really good, um, really, really good athletes in my group, but it wasn't like, I don't know, going from division three to like power five, you know, trying to like win a national championship. Um, we were like last in the conference when I got there in cross country in the last year I left, our men were fifth in the conference. And that was a big East conference that it doesn't look anything like the big East right now. I won't go into that, but very, right. very different. Um, that the only schools we lost to were, um, like, um, on the men's side, the like Villanova's and Georgetown's and Notre Dame, um, and one more that I'm forgetting that we're putting a lot more money into, you know, distance running. But I, I very much enjoyed the experience. And you just wrapped up your 15th year here at Bates as the head coach for women's cross country and track and field. How have you seen the program kind of grow in, in your years here? What's been the most maybe exciting part of seeing the Bates program continually, you know, get better, cap, you know, you know, last year with a women's cross country team having their best finish ever at nationals. Yeah, it doesn't feel like 15 years, like for sure. Um, I don't know, maybe it feels like eight, 10 or something. It only feels like 15 years when you meet up with alums and you're like, oh my goodness, like you're in your thirties, you know, and I'm in my late forties. And um, so that part definitely feels, feels different. Um, when I came, Coach Rush had been here for 10 years and I was like, oh, he's been there forever, you know? And now to think like I've been here longer than he has. Um, one thing I really appreciate was the fact that I knew a lot about Bates before I started and that Coach Court had been here for, you know, 25 years. And I think what was so helpful is that we've really only had two women head coaches um, full-time Webb Harrison coached right. some women's track um, back in the day as well um, and he was always super supportive of the program but when you have such like continuity with with coaches going from one to another um, that makes it a really great uh, I've really enjoyed how the program has kind of you know you go through ebbs and flows and there's times that we've been had really great sprinters and times we had a great cross-country teams the other thing that's kind of interesting is through this, this time, you know, our alums will be like, oh my gosh, like you guys are so good now. And I'm like, yeah, but I think there was years when I first got here, we were really, really good when I first got here, but um, we did a cross country team. I think it was my second year that the way they take teams to nationals now, like we surely would have made nationals then. And we probably had a top 20 team. It's just the cap was a lot lower in terms of what they only took five per region, no matter what. Um, 
and I don't, I don't know if I can't remember if we were fifth or sixth, whatever we were in our region last year, but we've had plenty of times that in New England, your fifth or sixth place team can be a top 15 team in the country. And that was true 15 years ago. We just didn't have the data to like, to go head to head and see it. And we didn't, um, it would never have occurred to us to like fly to a meet because you were capped. So it only mattered how you did in New England. And you only thought of that as your competition. And I think have we gotten out of New England more in that in, in some of those years, we would have seen like, oh, our team is probably a lot better than we really realize it is. What about coaching puts a smile on your face, you know, each day? What's their favorite part? So definitely, well, the same answer that everybody's going to give you is just like the students and like the interaction every day and just like seeing how people's days are going and, you know, helping support people when their days aren't going really well. Um, sort of the challenge of meeting different people's needs and people train differently and adapt differently and um, improve differently and sort of working through all of those kind of things is, is definitely what I like the most. And then now it's great when, like, when you hear from alums, you know, that's, there's been a lot more of that in this era. We already did, all sports are trying to kind of like do a team zoom and with alums. And we did one in the fall and hopefully we'll do one, um, in the winter and get some more track people, on that call, because it was sort of around our cross-country alumni meet, and we had cross-country and track, but it was more cross-country focused. So, and it, at this point too, now that I'm starting my 16th year, you really feel like you know a lot about Bates College, and I've been here through a lot of like the history, and um, most people, when you're walking around, you're like, oh yeah, I know them, and I know them, and I know them, and that part I really enjoy as well. How do you describe your coaching style, kind of? Um, I, I think I just try to be like really understanding and like sort of meet the teams where they are at their moment. So there's times where you have to kind of like push people and times you have to like understand people and that you just, I just really want to be like listening and supportive and then, you know, challenging people as well in the way that's appropriate to challenge them. I'm definitely not a yeller, you know, like that's just not my personality. Um, and we want to, the, the funky thing about cross country and track and field, you can work a really, really long time kind of without having that breakthrough. And so you kind of have to realize that's gonna be at a different time for, for everybody and sort of like working through, um, through some of that, I, I think is the most like challenging part of, of the job for sure. Um, but yeah, I just try to be pretty like student centered, you know, have really high expectations, but then like understand, especially in this year, it's like, this is the kind of year if there's something else that's on campus, like, Hey, there's like a lecture and I've always wanted to hear this person speak or do this thing. And it's during practice time. Like this is year to figure out some of your other interests and be committed to our team, but in a way that like works for everyone and also explore what's out there for Bates. You mentioned the student athletes. I asked Al the same question. Have you seen the student athletes kind of change like maybe the type of student athlete or type of personalities that are coming into Bates over the years? Have you, have you seen yourself change over the years perhaps? I mean, I will, I hope I've changed. In some <laughs> ways, but I don't, 
<laughs> I'm not quite sure like in what ways becoming a parent changed me in some ways. Um, you know, I think that happens for a lot of people. So that's different. Um, you know, when I got to Bates, I, I didn't have a son and, you know, a lot of the people on the team remember him as like a toddler running around and now he's five, four, you know, and it's a, it's a totally different thing. So I, I think, um, it's sort of funny, but like having children really marks the passage of time, but especially for alums when they see p- pictures and stuff are just like, wow, like things were sort of so different back then. But um, I think Bates students have stayed, in my opinion, have stayed remarkably the same. <laughs> and like, I laugh because every now and then I'll get somebody in that has like characteristics and they'll be like oh I know I'm always late I'm like I've coached you before like I've I know you like I know exactly what you need from me and I know that you're trying and you're always five minutes late and and I'm gonna be okay with that you know and and by your senior year you won't be but there's so many people that come in and I'm just like you're you're just this Bates type that's you know um that I've that I've seen before. So I, I think over the years, we've attracted sort of remarkably similar students, not to say, I mean, everyone is is unique and different, but it's just sometimes like personality traits or character traits that just make me laugh because I'm like, oh, I've been, I've been down this road before. Um, and sometimes that's really helpful when you've been down the road to know like, you know, that kid that always is running late, well, they're still trying and they, lots of times those students get to the line and they're the best, you know, you just have to like not stress out about what gets them to the line. Um, so I think some of that actually really helps to, to feel like, Oh, I, I've coached you. I, I know how to work um, with this and with different kinds of students, but yeah, I feel like they're kind of remarkably the same in my 15, 16 years I've been here. Excellent. What are your thoughts you wanted to share about coaching that we haven't got to talk about? It's been, you know, for me, just a really great, fulfilling profession. I am, you know, happy I've um, come back to Division Three because you can have a family and have that balance. And um, when I first came to Bates, we hardly had, um, we were at our lowest with women in our athletic department, for sure. There was just really a handful of us. Um, you know, Becky and I are the only women from, from when I came here, um, and Gwen was coaching and Wim was coaching and that was it. So it's, it's nice that there's far more women in our department now. And, um, you know, even 16 years ago, our teams were combined in terms of one head coach was doing field hockey lacrosse. Um, mm. it's great that we have <laughs> made it beyond those eras because, um, that was like super necessary. So great. Well, Jay Hartshorn, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll continue our Why I Coach series with head football coach Malik Hall and head volleyball coach Melissa Duran. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast.